So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 7, Episode 14 of Happily Ever After. In this episode, Angela lets Michael talk things over with Billy, Andre's voice of wisdom is just being ignored, Yara is still trying to convince Jovi to let her stay in Europe, Usman has a new plan to win his mom's approval, Liz and Ed have engagement party take two, and Jen- Jenny tries her sh- hands and shoulders at Bollywood dancing. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. If you also watch Love After Lockup, you should listen to our other channel, Love After Lockup K, where we're covering the new season of Love During Lockup. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, you know, got the tiredness from all the all the all the eating and then yeah and then coming back to work so we got that but there's lots of soccer to watch so that's oh, good. <laughs> all right so let's just jump right into these people um let's i'm gonna start with uh yeah let's start with yara and jovi so after spending all of last episode in the car we're finally at garmisch germany where friend karina is staying it's by the way right on the austrian border like it's closer to innsbruck than it is to munich so anyway, she's a longtime friend who actually dropped her the friend actually dropped Yara off at the airport when she left to see Jovi two years ago. She said she'd be back in three or four months, but has been gone ever since. So before they even get to the hotel room, Yara drops off Milo with Jovi and goes to meet Karina. So Karina comes in and it's lots of hugs and tears, and she says things are very scary back in Kiev. And you know, two days after she left, a rocket actually hit the building she was living in. God. So she said she's doing well here and can't believe it. Yara is a mother. Yara says she feels guilty that she lives such a good, easy life in America while her friend has stayed in Europe and struggled so much. So and it's also part of this guilt is one of the reasons that makes her want to stay in Europe a bit longer. So soon, the whole crew is walking through the snow to get some breakfast. So Joey tells us that he has met Karina before and they've actually inter- he's probably interacted with her more than any other of Yara's friends because Karina can speak English. So this, however, is the first time that Karina has met Myla. And after everyone has ordered some coffee, Jovi surprises everyone and orders beers for breakfast. God. So Jovi insists that he must take the opportunity to drink this good German beer while he can. He doesn't have that American piss water back at home, I guess. Um, so, so what it means is basically he spends his breakfast with his coffee in his left hand and his beer in his right hand, just double fisting them. So Karina tells us about the first time she met Jovi and thought that he and Yara were not a great match. So then they get to talking about how long Yara is going to stay in Europe and how she's hoping to stay a little bit longer. So he was already peeved that they were speaking about him in Ukrainian. The conversation was mostly in Ukrainian. He's like, how many times I got to tell you? Speak English. Mm. So anyway, he just wants – he just doesn't want to have this conversation again and just wants Yara to come back So jo- with him. So Jovi insists that he just wants her somewhere safe and there's not like – even though there's no war in Germany and Yara's even like, oh, okay, if I get into trouble, I'll call Talmud. She lives in Germany. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So they both, but they, Karina and Yara, both think that Jovi's just being selfish. And basically on everybody on that side of the table, because her mom was also there, is just almost begging him to let her stay. So he doesn't really have much of an argument between, I don't want to do this now. Um, he doesn't 
think that, he also tells us that he doesn't think she was planning this whole time on trying to just like trick him to get to Europe and then extending the stay, but that his mom and Karina are influencing her. So Karina in Ukrainian tells us that maybe Jovi is afraid that if he lets her stay, she'll never go back. And Yara in Ukrainian says that's silly and because if she was going to stay this whole time, she wouldn't like hide it and play coy. She'd just be like, I'm staying in Europe without you, Jovi. Anyway, uh, Karina thinks that he's being, his con- he's being controlling and Yara says that this controlling behavior is making her stay, making her want to stay even more. Um, I guess so. I mean, I have a theory, but what do you think the reason is that Jovi is so adamant she come home? Because I think that Jovi is scared that she will never come home. Yep. That's my theory, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I actually had kind of a conspiracy theory, like, when I was watching this, because uh, Karina said to Yara, like, oh, we only thought you were going to be gone. Like, we'd see you in three months, right? When she dropped Yara off. I'm Mm -hmm. going to assume drop Yara off to come to America. Like, I'm wondering if Yara was, like, planning on never marrying Jovi, just being on this show, and then going back to Ukraine. But But it didn't end up happening that way because she got (laughs) pregnant, right? And so it was one of those things where I don't know if Yara really had an intention of marrying this guy. And I, I kind of wondered that. I was like, oh, wait a second. What do you mean? Because if you were coming here and you were legitimately going to marry this person, you know you wouldn't be able to come back in three months because you would be here on the visa and you'd be waiting for your green card, which we already know, like based on past experience, that's not happening, you know, right away. And so she wouldn't be able to come back. So I was just like, I don't know if she was planning on marrying this dude. I don't know. I think I think it's within her personality because she is a very pessimistic person mm-hmm. um, when she talks. She's usually funny about it, but she's extremely yeah. pessimistic. But I could see her just doing the like dropping off at the airport and it's like, oh, I'm going to go. Uh, it'll probably not work out. I'll probably just be back in three months. Like, who knows? Like, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. Because she always says stuff like that. Oh, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe this will happen. Right. And And I could see her doing that. I mean, I think that the getting pregnant was definitely – solidified it more and she mm-hmm. to be fair though she has also literally said out loud that, that she didn't think they'd be married they would be married right now if the, if they didn't have my oh yeah for sure right yeah and so yeah i mean that that's my theory on jovi and it's like he doesn't say that though is that his his theory is that i i'm afraid if i if you do not come home with me this right now you will not come home with me and when it's when it's time to go when it's three months that i'm home from work we're going to have this whole conversation over again, right? Yeah. And then, it's, and, then it, and then and then it's going to be a whole conversation begging you to get back so you can spend the rest of a year in the U.S. because you have to be here for six months to keep your green card. Right, right. Um, yeah, because I mean, and I can see why he's concerned because I feel like this is setting a precedent. This is the first time she's been allowed to be out of the country. And it's like the moment oh, she yeah, was yeah. allowed to leave, she's leaving and doesn't want to come back. That kind of says something about, you know, like, oh, well, do you ever want to come back? Because this was your first chance to leave. Right. And it's, it is it is there. It's also something that like is is just foreign to me. And I actually had a conversation about this with my partner because I was like, I, to me, it was like I, that I, we had plane tickets and I would just come back on the plane <laughs> tickets because I have plane tickets. She's like, well, you can get them changed. And I was like, can you? I don't plane. I've never changed plane tickets. I yeah, but it usually costs money. 
Like, and I know you would never want to pay that because they're usually not like 100, 200. It's usually like 500 or something like that to change. Well, and that's what you talked about. Certain airlines have, oh, you get one free, but you have to pay the ticket difference, right? Yeah. And it depends on what it is. But but it was like, yeah, just I've never had a trip. And so the idea of it like, yeah, I've never had a trip that uh, halfway through a trip, I just decided I'm going to stay longer. Like, that's yeah. not, that's, that's, it's like, but then I've always had things I had to get back for. Yeah, I've accidentally had that where I thought my flight left later than it did and having to change it last minute sucked and it was very costly. So I would never choose to do that. Oh, and I – okay. I, I, I scratched that. At one time, a flight got canceled. So I did stay an extra day <laughs> unplanned, yes. But not like an extra three months. Right. But that was like you. That wasn't you. That was like the airline, right? Yes, it was the airline. Yeah, yeah the airline. Yeah, um, yeah but it's – yeah. And so it's it, the idea of it just changing it. And it was like, but we had plans already. But I also get where she's coming from. He has no logistical reason why she needs to no, be back in the States. No, there really isn't. No, I, I agree with her. But at the same time, I could see from his perspective, he's just trying to set a precedent of, I don't want you gone all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And they, they it's funny they haven't mentioned the visa yet, the green card, mm-hmm. and how she—it's kind of—it's kind of like okay, you can stay now, but that means you know three months from now you can't come back, right? Right, right. And so it's kind of like you—we're you, talking about when are we trading off for the times and stuff, but they don't mention that. Uh, it seems—it seems like that would have been a better one, but it—it it is hard because I like I said, I always come back from trips because I got to go to work. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't just well I'll take off another week of work. It doesn't work like that. Right, right. Uh, let's move on to uh, another small family, a little family, Libby and Andre. So Andre is venting to Libby after the fight with Libby's sisters, but Libby just doesn't want to hear the nonsense. Libby thinks that Andre didn't have to come at his sister so hard. Libby is having regrets about posting the pregnancy news before telling her sisters since they were so upset. Libby is telling Andre that he shouldn't try and talk over people, and he says that some situations call for it, especially since he has the voice of wisdom. They continue to talk over each other as Andre thinks he is the outsider this family needs to shine truth into their relationships. Libby tells him to take it easy with them in therapy. Libby says that she will sit at therapy and be civil, uh, but she anticipates that there is going to be a lot of fighting. Andre wants to be there to protect Libby, especially from the inevitable circus of therapy. Andre doesn't feel a need to fix anything, really. Libby thinks that Andre is on edge because of the immigration issues and believes her family intentionally pushes his buttons. Libby and Andre later go baby shopping. Libby says she's looking forward to baby snuggles, but Andre points out all the vomit and pooping that goes along with it. Andre then brings up what they're going to do if he gets deported. He is concerned that they haven't had heard anything about the green card for two months. He's worried about having to move on short notice and dealing with the visas. Libby wants to give birth in America, and she can't travel in her third trimester anyway. 
She also doesn't want to deliver alone. And Andre insists that she can't leave him because he's the only one who can support her because she can't depend on her family. Libby wants to cry thinking Andre won't be there. All right, so if Andre were to get deported, I mean, if, do you think that Libby should stay in America where she's just more comfortable <sighs> with the medical system, as she kind of puts it? Or should she go with Andre so she'll have actual support since he's saying she can't depend on her family? No, she's got to go with him. Um, yeah. Because if she doesn't go now, right, we're talking about she's only, what, four months along yeah. Right. And she's four months along. She can't go for the whole pregnancy. She's probably get, can't go with it with the infant. So it's probably going to be a year before she sees her husband. And was she going to keep Ellie mm -hmm. with her? Like, so she's going to keep him away from her daughter for a year. That, that's it. Yeah. Just, that logistically just doesn't make any sense at all. Like he she would have mm -hmm. to go. And um, I mean, because we've seen people on this show deliver in way worse places, worse hospitals than Moldova. Right. Oh, gosh. Yes. Like, yeah. And so. Yeah, and so it, it 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 isn't really an option. I think that's just something she didn't she hadn't thought about yet, and so she was like, "Oh, gee, I'd be uncomfortable with the hospitals." And then pointing out, we'd be like, "Well, we'd have to be apart for a year for that to work," and is like, "Oh, no, that sounds bad." <laughs> I don't know if they would go to Moldova because oh yeah, even worse if they went I mean, even worse. Like it's one of the poorer countries in Europe. But if they were like mm -hmm. Germany or something like. My cousins had three kids in Germany. It's not like <laughs> nothing. Nobody was like, oh, my God, the hospitals in Germany were awful. They weren't like anything right. like American hospitals. If anything, they're yeah. probably better. Because he was talking about like getting visas. So meaning like if he would have to also get a visa for another country. And let's all remind ourselves that when Libby met Andre, he was living in Ireland. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So he wasn't trying to be in Moldova. And I don't think he's trying to go back. That's true. That's true. I didn't. I, I. I. We went to back to Moldova that other time, but um. Yeah, but that was more so to visit like family and stuff. Sure. You know. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, if uh, if he was in uh, yeah in Ireland or in you know huge basically anywhere in Europe. I mean the it's it's it it was one thing when we had like what's her face um Ari worried about the Ethiopian hospital right yeah. that she toured and was like but like I, I yeah I feel like if you took you know. Libby to a Swiss hospital, she'd be like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> like, yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> right. Or anything where it's like you're guaranteed a, a space, right? Because wasn't Ari like not even oh, really she'd guaranteed like, yeah, you might, bed you space? You might be in the hallway. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. Like you might be in a chair for a while. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I don't think the – and I think it's I, – I do think I, – I, I tend to think also Western Europeans find it really funny when we're like – Ooh, but I want to have an American hospital. And they're like, why would you want an American hospital? Those are awful. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. Like, and so there's that. But it's like, I don't know. I got – Andre just mostly lost me in the first segment because like I guess I, I guess I didn't realize when that was. Like I missed the part where it was like right after the fight with the sisters. Right. I literally actually thought they were driving to the therapy and I was like, why are we not getting to the therapy? I just want the stupid family therapy session to happen. <laughs> and I know it's still going to be like three more episodes before it does. Oh, I know. Right. Yeah. When did they show the preview for that? I feel like they showed the preview for like the ball thing like a long time ago. Yeah. I think that was like the midway point maybe. And they were like the rest the, later this season on. But yeah, yeah, I've been waiting for this stupid ball thing to happen for a long right. time. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. It just... He's 
an incredibly annoying person. And I, I mentioned, I thought of this when I was watching it. I was like, he is in 90% of families would be the biggest asshole in the family. Right? Oh, for sure. In 90% of family. In this family, not so much. Yeah. But, he blends in a little bit more, but he's just loud and obnoxious. Yeah, but like I, I, I kept track of it. Libby in the car did not finish a single sentence. Yeah. Before Andre was yelling over the end of it. Right, and and for him to say like, oh, but I do need to interrupt people and talk over them because I am the voice of wisdom. It's like, oh gosh, it's like he read a really good book about conflict resolution and just decided <laughs> to do the opposite of all of it. Oh, I, was like, say, I can see him doing that. No, just the opposite of all of it. Because, yes, because she's right. As soon as you start yelling over someone, they do not hear what you say. Right. Any, uh, and the he content, does that the all content the time. of your words is completely lost to them. As soon right. as you start yelling over them, they're just like, this asshole, I got to yell over him. Like, that's all yeah. I heard is asshole yelling. Like, they didn't hear what you said at all. Right. Right. And I mean, it's very classic, Andre. It is. It is. And the fact that he's like, they just, sometimes you need to do it because they need to hear it. And it's like, well, if they need to hear it, let's maybe don't do it in a way that guarantees they won't hear it. Like, yeah. how about that? Um, The voice, and also the voice of wisdom instead of the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but he was like, I can't, but the other thing too is I can't even confirm or deny whether Andre is the voice of reason or not. Because I can't hear anything he says because his points are bleep, bleep, with the bleep, 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 cloud, bleep. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, okay. That is why their family is so annoying. And it's so annoying to have to cover them because it's so hard to tell what they individually are saying because it's just them yelling over one another. There's a lot of bleeping. So even if someone is saying something that isn't filled with cuss words, you can't hear what they're saying. Right. So it's just like, oh, my gosh, I don't know. This chaos, chaos is happening. Right. They just don't have like... They need somebody, one person in the family, and Libby tries to be it, but she doesn't have the forceful enough face that just every time Andre starts to talk, just stop, cross your arms, and make a face. Yeah. And then he'll stop talking, and you can start talking, and he'll cut you off, and you stop, cross your arms, and make a face. Like, And, and it's going to take a while to get through to him, but eventually he's going to be like, this is a dumb argument to have because I don't even – you're not even yelling at me. Like he, he yeah. needs the energy of someone yelling back at him. <laughs> <laughs> to keep it going. But if you're like, are we going to get a point? You know, the, are you finished? Like, mm -hmm. are you finished, Andre? And then mm -hmm. when he starts talking, just, just stop talking again. He needs, it's all teacher tricks. You know this. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> What's annoying though, is I feel like Andre would be one of those students that isn't getting that that's what you're doing mm -hmm. and just keeps on talking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And it's Sometimes like, you get that. It's like they don't get that it's gotten real quiet. Yeah. At some point you do uh, you do have to say, hey, uh, we're waiting for you. And they're like, yeah. huh? Like, wait, everybody else is waiting for you right now. Right. Yeah. And he he eventually would need the, um, I'm not going to talk unless you let, until you let me finish the sentence. Like. Yeah. Because that's the thing too is like you, you can't, you never get you never get effective conflict resolution when you're going to the argument being like, everyone needs to hear what I say. Right. And that's the only thing that matters in the conversation is that everyone hear what I say. I have no intention of hearing what you have to say. You need to hear what I say is never going to be a conflict resolution. No, definitely not. <laughs> All right. So going on, let's go to uh, Jenny and Samit. So, oh, my God. We were really scraping the bottle of, bottle of the barrel for activities today. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Because 
Jenny Summit and her family are going to Subham's dance studio to learn how to do Bollywood dancing. Uh, all right. So she says she's excited for it because she likes the Bollywood movies and always wanted to do it. So predictably, Jenny struggles to keep up with the hand and shoulder movements instead of, as Summit puts it, just shaking her ass. Which <laughs> that I wasn't even shaking her ass. She was just like twisting a bit. So Smith says that he used to dance along with the movies a lot when he was younger, when he was a kid, and now can't keep up with the rhythm. And it makes him feel old. But then they go back to the house for what I was guessing was going to be the real storyline of this episode. And it was. It was still about the same two storylines we've had all along. Summit going to work and the next, and he's also going to try to see his family. So Jen says that maybe they should all go meet his family. And Christina agrees, which is a surprise to Summit since he thought that they didn't want anything to do with his family after they had a confrontation on a tell-all a few seasons ago. So Summit really tries to think hard of a reason that he should he, sh- he can say no to this, but can't come up with one right now. So <laughs> I guess he's stuck. So the next morning, Jenny is upset that Summit used so many dishes while he was while he was um, cooking, and now he's just leaving them all for her to clean up when he goes to work. So he doesn't have time to clean, so then he's off. So after he leaves, Jenny hops on a call with an immigration lawyer, it sounded like an Indian immigration lawyer, about what it would take to get him to America, despite the fact that Samit has at no point expressed any interest in going to America, So, which is why she's doing it in secret. So he tells her that it will take a minimum of two years to get a decision on the visa because of a huge backlog. So he also has a few questions for her, like, um, okay, well, let's get a background on you. Are you divorced or are you a spinster? Oh, gosh. (laughs) He also asks about their ages, which he says is going to be the biggest question the office is going to have. Because, you know, just like everybody else, they seem shady. This seems weird. They have to ask everybody about the age difference. So he also asks if they live with his parents now and if they don't, how often do they visit? So he does tell – she does tell him that they married against his parents' wishes and there might – be a problem if the parents have ever filed any sort of legal complaint against the marriage, which she doesn't think that they did. Um, but we don't know. All right. So I, why why is she wasting her time talking to this guy? Like, Samit does not want to come to America. He doesn't. And this seems like such a process, too. Like, I get because I th- she's not the only one. The just in case you know, situation like Ari and Binyam also had the just in case. Uh-huh. Like she, they weren't originally going to move to America, but she knew it was going to be a long process. So as soon as they got engaged, she started applying for visas. And I mean, I feel like it's pretty common knowledge that it takes a long time, right? Yeah. I mean, yes. And I think it's worse. I think COVID even made it, well, made it a lot worse. It, got right. a lot, it was always long and now it's like super long. I know. Like, let's look at Angela and Michael. It's been years, three years since they started this whole visa business. And it's like Jenny thinks she can just kind of jump in and be like, all right, like, we'll have a visa. We can go over there now. I mean, given her age, she probably should just apply for the visa because by the time she's like older and, you know, maybe wanting to go back for good. They might just finally have it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, now I know it's just like a thought. She might get to actually convince him she has years to do it. But I feel like she also needs to have his cooperation. This isn't something she can just do behind his back. I would think that he would have to sign stuff. Yeah, he would have to go into the office and definitely at least sign the papers that say I would like this visa. Yes. 
Yeah, I would think he would also have to do things like uh, give copies of things like his birth certificate. And it's like she can't just sneak around with like doing this without his knowledge. Yeah, I mean, by the sounds of it, it sounds like they can't even sneak around and do it without his parents' knowledge. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like, like again, that whole the, – the, the parents file a complaint against – and that might be like one of those marriage things. Like, did they file a complaint mm-hmm. against the marriage saying you're not legitimately allowed to get married? Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. It always seems like it always seems like that's always one of their stopping stopping blocks. Just like, oh, your parents could have like went to the police and now you can't get married. <laughs> like, your parents could have gone to the police and now you can't get a visa. Right. Right. Yeah. But I also don't I also don't see what possible solution to this problem can come by having like and by having you know Jenny's daughter and her wife talk to his parents that seems like they're way too removed right i think also the struggle with like just logistically of them moving to america is that Samit can't work mm-hmm. for a while so it's like and then america is really expensive they're going to live off of Jenny's social security that she took early and it's now just yeah. severely discounted. Yeah. No, they can't. Right. They can't. So it's just, it's like, have you thought this through? I get that you're frustrated with your situation in India and that's probably, you know, motivating you to try and get this thing to work out. But it's like, but this also seems like it has a lot of challenges. Yeah. They're different challenges. At least that would be a change of scenery on the different mm-hmm. challenges. But I mean, I, I honestly think that she's also kind of worried about like, She's not young and she, and something could happen and she might, you know, there might be some sort of situation where she's like, I want to get back to the States as quickly as possible and he yeah. won't be able to go. Well, I mean, also, that's the other thing. Like, if it was really an emergency, you can leave him behind. You don't have to do everything with your partner. Yeah, but if I was having some – I get the idea of if I was having some sort of medical, um, you know, emergency or something that was life-threatening that I was dealing with – to not want to leave my partner halfway across the world. I want them to be by my side. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm a little bit more independent. I'm like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) But yeah, I'm sure it would be nice, but I would probably be understanding if it couldn't happen that way. Yeah, understand. But I'm saying this is, it. yes, if it had to happen that way, but this is in a way that it doesn't have to happen that way. Let's work on that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. They're just scraping the bottom of the barrel for storylines and activities for this group. So Yeah, it's just like, that's what I'm saying. That's why it just came to, I don't know, maybe Jenny's daughters can talk to his parents. Let's try that. Let's see if we can get a scene out of that. Yeah, they're, how? Because the the problem is, is everybody has to talk through Summit because they don't have an interpreter. He's not a very good interpreter. He, uh. Puts too much embellishment. Not embellishment, but, you know, he softens everything as it comes out. Right. Exactly. So it's like, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to go any differently. No. you basically still have it coming from because Smith. It, it, but it, but it, even if you didn't have it coming from Smith, it's going to be the same argument they've been having. In our culture, we do it this way. Well, that's nice because in our culture, we do it this other way. Mm-hmm. That's it. They're stuck there. They, yeah. they can't get – they're yeah. not getting past that. Like, there's not going to be a resolution to be like, oh, well, when you say it that way, I will go against our complete cultural norms and and traditions (laughs) and just do something that will get me ostracized from society. That sounds great. I'll do that now. Like, that's not going to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of family and family approval, we've got Ed and Liz. Ed and Liz are getting ready to meet Ed's family. And Liz says that she doesn't want to be left by herself. And Ed reassures her that he won't leave her by herself. And it won't end the way that the last engagement party ended. Ed hopes that the success of this party with his family will open up a channel of communication with his mom back at home. Their party is at a castle, and Liz notes that there are a lot of rooms to hide in. Ed makes another inappropriate boner joke with his family, and Liz is disappointed because almost immediately, Ed abandons Liz. Liz is left to hang out with a, in a big room full of women. The ladies ask Liz if a date has been set for the wedding, and Liz says that they are in no hurry, especially since Ed's mom hasn't accepted their engagement yet. It ends up that Ed's mom wasn't actually invited to the engagement party. Ed's sister explains to us that their mom felt pushed out and was replaced by Liz. Ed tells his brother that Ed gave his mom uh, an ultimatum to accept Liz or not have a relationship. His brother tells him that Ed's mom has only said nice things about Liz, which gives Ed hope. Ed makes a speech and assures everyone that there will be a wedding, even though they don't have a date set. Even though Liz felt abandoned, she considers the engagement party a success because there was no crying, yelling, fighting, or throwing of rings in a bush. <laughs> the next day, Ed and Liz go four-wheeling to get the whole Arkansas experience. Ed is driving as they see the sights like the Bra Tree and Panty Hill. And Liz is much more of an aggressive driver and calls Ed a vagina for being so scared. Ed's family was also there, and they made Liz feel very loved as they said their goodbyes. All right, so overall, it seems like the family likes Liz. Even Ed's mom, we get the impression that it's not Liz that she dislikes. It's that she's just kind of upset that Ed has kind of, you know, ignored her or neglected her since Liz has been around. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So um, now that Ed has kind of the approval of the family, do you think that they will actually set a date? Uh, no. I mean, yes. I mean, yes and no. I think they'll move towards setting a date, but I think they'll get in another fight before then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know if the date will actually get set or not. I don't know if they'll get in a fight before the date gets set or before the date mm -hmm. comes. But mm -hmm. I still don't see that working out. Like, because... Because I was always under the, the impression that it wasn't necessarily Liz as a bad person um, mm -hmm. that was that was the thing. It wasn't necessarily that Liz was keeping away from him. Like they, it seems like the friends were just like, I can't watch you be back and forth in this relationship that destroys you every time you're in it anymore, man. Like I just can't do right. it. Right. Right. Yeah. And and the, the fact that it's like you know you especially when you help somebody that you think they finally learned it, they figured it out, they got what's going on, and then all of a sudden like yeah, I'm back with them. You're like, well, what the fuck did I just do all that for, man? Right. 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 And that, that's what it's more, more of it is. But I think also this was a nice Southern family that wasn't going to say anything bad to Liz in front of her face. No, they were very polite. And, you know, she I did feel like it was really sweet. They did make her feel really loved. But it's like they just kind of have to be supportive uh, in the moment. But, yeah. Also, what did you think about Ed, like, abandoning Liz immediately? I I. I I don't know. That was one of the things where I was just like, uh, I think this is a production troll. I think they I think they made it look like he left her like way faster than he probably did um, in real life. Well, and she, she said, said she, she said it, yeah. but I could see her playing along with that. Like, oh, it said he wouldn't abandon me. Um, but it was always like he just left the kitchen. 
I was also very confused by that house. It was enormous. It was a castle. It was the castle. Like a legitimate castle. The castle yeah. was, and there was like 20 people in it. I was very confused. I was like, how many people would oh, I have like to have they, to yeah. have to justify this castle as the place I'm having my party? And I was like, it has to be hundreds. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know about that. But uh, Liz just... You know, I felt really bad for her that he abandoned her immediately or supposedly immediately because I it's believable to me. That's his personality. He doesn't care about Liz. He cares about being the life of the party. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it, it did seem better. It wasn't as bad as she thought it was going to be because when he left, all the girls were like, well, come on, Liz, we'll go over here. And like, you know, yeah. we actually like took her and like made an effort to reach out and, and, and communicate and talk with her. Um, because that's also mm-hmm. the way it tends to work in families. Oh, well, now it's the, now it's the time for the men to go in one room and the women to go in the other room, right? Right. And so, but it wasn't it wasn't like what she had feared, where it was just going to be like the family having a family reunion and her just like sitting sadly with no one talking to her. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, that's just, and that's just never the way it was going to go. But yes, I do think that he his concern is more is always being the life of the party and not and if, and if he's right. like. And if he is, you know, chaperoning Liz or whatever it is, and he's not the life of the party because he's got the dull person next. Because she is kind of, she is a kind of a Debbie Downer a lot of the time. It's, yeah. I mean, it just it sounds like every time she talks that it, that she's about to cry. Yeah. I, yes, I get that sense from her. Um, you know what's sad is I feel like she had more life when they were like first dating and like yes, they weren't actually together. Oh, I, and I, I bet she'd have more life without him. Like I, I really yeah. do. I really do. It's it's there, there's a couple times in this where I mean I guess you know to each their own. But I was like in this episode, and we can get to the other one in a bit. But it was like. Where they were like, oh, he's just so funny and fun to be around. I was like, is he funny? Is he though? Yeah. He's so corny to he's me. He's just so like, corny. Like he's corny. Yes. He's like dad jokes. Yeah. I just, it's like, yeah. Yeah. You chuckle, but it's mostly because you're just like being polite. Yes. But I don't find him particularly I don't, funny. Yeah. I don't find him funny really at all. Like I, He tries too hard. Yes. Like to me, that's yes. very dad jokes. Yes. The very dad jokes, the very – he you can tell when he says something. He's like, you've been working on that one for a while, haven't you, Ed? You've been thinking yeah. about that for a while. You you, you came play, yeah. you came locked and loaded with that one, didn't you? Mm-hmm. All right. And then they rode golf carts for a while. Like I don't know. Yeah. Which was funny because I thought when they did four-wheeling, I was expecting like ATVs. I was expecting the handlebars and the four-wheels like and the going over things and Yeah. Ed's just taking a leisurely, leisurely. Uh, oh, he definitely was. Golf cart. That w- it was also thing. weird to me that Liz just called him a vagina. I'm just like, all right, interesting choice of we words. We know what you. We know the word that traditionally gets used there, <laughs> and that yeah. that is what it means. But right, just use that word. <laughs> but, yeah, but it was also very odd. Yeah, I'm like all right, okay, Ed's a vagina. Sure, why not? Yeah, let's hope not. I don't like that. I don't want to think about that. I. <laughs> I like vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that's the last thing you want to think about. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. <laughs> All right. So now to Kim and Usman. So Kim is now back in California and her son Jamal is there with them. They're both very sad because we find out now that her mother passed away two or three weeks after she came back. So, of course, she was very close to her mother who lived with her. And so it's a very difficult time. 
So they're talking through her emotions and how Kim has spent so much of her life taking care first of Jamal and then of her mom. And who does she take care of now? So Jamal tells us that his mom is not someone that's good at being alone. And now, you know, family-wise, he's all that she has left. But he says that she also has Usman, who actually did a pretty good job being present and, you know, helpful, as helpful as he can be when 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 her mom was sick. And so maybe he's not as bad as Jamal had thought. So now she says it's even more important for Usman to get to the States with her so she can, you know, start this new life. So then we see her again in the same at the same like place, exercising this time instead of going for a walk, and also to help keep up with her 33-year-old fiance. She's got to you know, get in shape. She also mm-hmm. thinks that her mom would have wanted her to take care of herself. So she gets home and video chats with Usman, and they both talk a lot about how much they love each other and blah, you're there for me. She thanks him for how awesome he was when mom was sick. But now that her mom is, you know, now that she says her mom is laid to rest, it's time to talk about them and what they're going to do with their future. So Usman has a plan now, but he doesn't really know how to talk to her about it. So he it's a plan where he doesn't have to take on a second wife. And instead of taking on a second wife, what he can do instead of having a child of his own is to adopt his brother's son. So he's, he has already said, said he's already set to be the caretaker of all of Muhammad's children if anything happens to him. So really, what's the difference if he just takes one of them now as his own? Oh, God. So he thinks that this adoption situation would be the best way to appease his family and because he won't be able to take on a second wife legally if he's going for the visa. So the plan is to bring this child, his name's uh, Mahadi, that it's already a kid that exists, by the way. It's not like a potential yeah. future child. It's, it's the kid's three. Right. He wants to bring Mahadi to the U.S. with him. That'll make his life better. And maybe it'll be an acceptable compromise for his mom. Kim, though, is confused and asks, like, who's going to raise this child? Because I'm 51 and I'm done raising children. So she doesn't say no, but she says they need to think and talk about it. So in the next scene, Jamal and Kim are eating at an East African restaurant. And notice that it's at East African because Kim says that it's Usman's tribal food, despite the fact that he lives in West Africa. So maybe they had West African food on the menu, but I was like, he doesn't live in East Africa. So (laughs) the food is good at least. And Kimberly talks to Jamal about this second wife thing and how – and this new plan to adopt his brother's baby, which gets some raised eyebrows from Jamal. So she says this is totally normal in his culture, but he says, you're going to be like 70 when this kid is leaving the house. It's also weirdly sudden to be talking about adopting a child and bringing like a whole person, like isn't a dog to the U.S. So she wants to talk, um, talk to Usman about it because she feels like, You know, she is always the one who has to take on more and more and more responsibilities and more and more things. And she doesn't know how much more she could take. So Jamal can't even wrap his head around the fact that she's engaged. And she thinks that um, him and Usman should get to know each other better. So she wants to go back to Nigeria soon and thinks that he should come too so that he can meet Usman. So he's open to it, but seems very unsure about this whole situation still. All right. I mean... I don't know. It's one of those weird cultural things. But could you imagine adopting your sister's baby? <laughs> like while she no. still take, has it? It's so weird. Right. Um, while she's still alive and living nearby. But I yeah. mean, I think it's even weirder that you're going to like take that child 
outside of the country and move like away. But I think it's even more weird. I think the weirdest part of all is that you expect your partner to kind of basically raise this kid because he lives, he's got very patriarchal like culture. Oh, and that the women do the child rearing. Yes. Yes. And it's like, you're putting this on someone else. You're making a decision that affects someone else. Yeah. But that's the way to do it. That's that he has to have a child and they have to have the bloodline. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. It's it just, I, was so confused by this and but at the same time i kind of felt bad for uzman in a weird little way because it just seems like kim is not willing to compromise at all right she's not willing to help raise another child she's not willing to have a second wife i mean yeah i mean it's one of those things that it's like Yes, like she doesn't have she doesn't have any alternative plans herself either. And I think that's the bigger issue, because it is one thing to say she won't compromise. But if you were like, listen, I tried to compromise with my with my boyfriend, my girlfriend. He won't buy me a house. He won't buy me a house boat. He won't even buy me a condo. What am I supposed to compromise? Like, you know, it's like it's just what he's asking is it's not like he's asking for little things that she's being stubborn about. He's asking for Mm -hmm. enormous things. Taking on a second wife is enormous. Having her raise another child when she's 51 years old is enormous. It's, I can't think of a bigger thing to ask of someone. Um, And he just like casually does it. (laughs) It's so crazy. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I guess in her defense, too, like some of the things she just can't compromise. Like, you know, at before she was like, oh, no, second wife. But then when he finally kind of talked her into it, it was like, oh, yeah, you legally can't get a second wife. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, they were there on the on the thing she compromised. Yeah, she did compromise on the yeah. second wife. That's, that's fair. I mean, so the other thing, too, is, I mean, yeah, I'm surprised at how – the timing of this story is just driving me nuts. Like we just skip mm-hmm. forward like three months, right? Three or four months. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. the first 12 episodes until last week, I think it was like five days. And then, yeah. and then we – within this episode, we're like, oh, yeah, four months later, four months after that week. And so it's just like – I know it because I know it's the filming schedule. But then it looks like they're going back to Nigeria next week. I know, like the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks like that timing-wise. And so, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, what else do you really have, you know, if you're apart? And I think at least all of these couples are together except for Michael and Angela. But they're physically who, together right now on the, in right, the show. In the show. They're visiting. Yeah. 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 All right. Speaking of Michael and Angela, Michael is showing off his new swimming skills to Angela, which has been basically splashing around. But Angela is being super supportive. Michael tells us how he feels about the Billy situation. He thinks her visiting Canada is taking it too far, and he doesn't want her to go because that's his wife. Angela is feeling sexy and hot because she is able to be in a bathing suit. She tells Michael how they used to use the pool jets to massage their coochies, as she says, when they were kids. A little too much Angela information per use. Mm Ah, yes. Later, Michael gets champagne and roses for Angela. He gives her a gift of a bracelet with a horse charm on it. Angela says she's happy, and Michael says not visiting Billy would make him happy. Angela says that she's just helping Billy out because of his kidney disease. Angela says she feels guilty because her mom passed away a week after her wedding with Michael, and she just feels like this is just her paying it forward. 
Angela defends her decision, saying that she's just trying to help her friend and he doesn't even know she had a crush on him. Angela's solution is to video call Billy and introduce Michael. Michael agrees to it, but Michael also says that he will do it to amuse her, but he doesn't think that it will change his mind. Billy is nice to Michael on their video call, and Michael immediately throws Angela under the bus and asks if he knew she had a crush on him. He asks if Billy has a crush on Angela. Billy appears to get flustered, but he says that he adores her, but he doesn't have a crush on her. Billy keeps trying to call his angel because he wants to know why the call is happening with her husband, and Michael says that it's because he's uncomfortable with the visit. Michael is nervous that Angela will leave him. Michael tells Billy that he doesn't feel comfortable with him calling her Angel. Billy gives a reason why he calls her Angel and assures him that he's just really sick and needs a, a, a help and a friend. Angela assures Billy she will never leave his side, which makes Michael upset because she almost divorced him. Angela says that Michael made her unhappy and Michael tells her not to go to Canada. Angela is willing to have him leave her because she doesn't want to be told what to do. She reassures Billy once more that he was the only one there for her and she will never leave him as Michael walks out of the conversation. Michael feels like Angela values her friendship with Billy more than her marriage with him. Okay, do you think that Michael is right in that assessment? Do you think Angela values her friendship with Billy more than her marriage with Michael? Uh, I, Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if he said, listen, it's either your marriage with me or Michael, mm. you can either go to Canada. If you go to Canada, you've chosen him. If you don't, you've chosen me. She'd go to Canada. Right. Like. Yeah, but I think there's some element of that where it's like she's also choosing being able to make her own decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's kind of what Angela, like you can't tell her what to do. And there are, and I mean, I get that because I hate to say it, but there is a, definitely a stubborn streak in me too. When people tell me I can't do something, it's like, oh, fuck you. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, but he also, but um, it's, it's okay. Because he tried to get to the point where he puts his foot down because she puts her foot down all the time. But mm -hmm. it's even before it, it can't, you can't do that. It was like, wow, this makes me uncomfortable. And it wasn't like right. any sort of reassurance for him. It was like, well, then fuck you. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was that was the response was, well, you're going to ask me not, you're going to make me feel guilty about doing this thing. It was like, yeah, like, because it is like a bridge too far. And, and no matter what they say yes. about how it is, like, not just visiting, I obviously visited female friends before, right? Mm. Um, but not somebody that I had a pet name for, like, Right. That that to me is like Michael kind of said it that way, and like I don't like you calling you Angel, but it's like it is weird to have a pet name for a friend that you say you're not romantically interested in. Like, right. Well, and I think the other part of it too is that you know if Angela had always said, "Oh, I've never had feelings for Billy," you know, true. like maybe it would be a little bit different, you know, depending on if Michael actually believed that or not. But it's like you have your partner saying specifically that you have had feelings for him or you've had a crush on him, whatever you want to say, but there has been some kind of attraction or interest. And now that person wants to go stay with them. You know, it's like, yeah, that's an incredibly like suspicious situation. Yes. And that shouldn't be happening if you're in a marriage. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying had feelings for because that phrase was right there and they kept saying mm -hmm. crush. And I'm like, you are not 13 years old. You don't right. have a crush on anybody. 
right? Right. You're not a preteen reading a reading Tiger Beat or whatever. Like you know, like right. not, this is not a crush. You and you can you, just say it like that. The phrase is right there. I started to develop feelings for him. I'd never act on him, but I did. You know, right. like you could say it like that, yeah. and you sound like a grown up. That's really bad, <laughs> especially the way they said it like so many times. Like. So awkward, like so awkward. He's like, "Do you have a yeah, crush on my wife?" Do you have a crush on her too? Oh, let me tell you it's after like, second oh period. Gosh. Like, what is this? <laughs> check mark. Yeah, check uh, box. Yeah. Yes, Noah. Yes or no? Do you have a crush? <laughs> right. It's like it, it. Yeah, to just be like, but do you have feelings for? And it's like, I don't know the way the way she was embarrassed. I did appreciate that it was a little bit of, you know, the turntables turning, getting her. Um, her to be on the other side of the well let me interrogate yeah. your people instead of the other way right but right this is just another one where i'm just like i don't understand billy seems like a really good sweet charming guy i don't understand mm-hmm. why he'd be friends with angela <laughs> like, well okay forget being like friends with her right it's like because I get it. She's probably showing her best version of herself. Maybe Billy hasn't seen her, like, as terrible as she could be. Yeah, that's true. Right? Okay. But Billy seems like a decent, nice guy. How does he not have other friends that are there for him and he's depending on Angela? Yeah. Because he definitely makes it seem like, oh, Angela's coming to take care of me. That's why she's my angel, right? She's going to come up and do things for me. It's like... If Billy was so great of a guy, why didn't he have his own friends around? That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it, but it, 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 it was twice in this. It was twice Billy. I'm like, what is this guy see as Angela as, as a personality that he wants to spend time mm-hmm. with? And then Michael cracking up at her coochie joke. and be like, why? Oh, She's God. not funny. That wasn't funny. It was like, I don't know. I didn't get it. And he was like, oh, you know, you can always make me laugh. And I was like, this is awkward. We had to see a lot of Angela's thighs this week for some reason. They were really, mm. look at this bathing suit that she wouldn't wear. And now she's skinny. She's wearing a bathing suit. Better just zoom the camera in so that all, you know, 52 or whatever many inches my TV is, is just all <laughs> Angela thigh. Like, I don't, we don't need yeah. this. Right. Although, I'll tell you okay. what, the funniest thing, it cracked me up. The funniest thing that cracked me up with this whole thing is when he got her that bracelet, and I can't tell you why, but it was funny when she said, you know I like horse. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't say horses. I couldn't even, I couldn't said, even tell. You yeah, know I like horses. I was like, all right, I guess there's a horse on I him. couldn't oh, see the horse at all either. But just like, I don't yeah, know, I the phrase, you know I like horse, just like, just hit me right. And that was not her trying to be funny. That was just like... Who says you know I like horse? Yeah, Angela apparently. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, this will be really interesting. I wonder if they'll film if she chooses Billy, like if she'll film a Billy Canada trip. They have to. There's no way they've been teasing that Phil at Canada trip since episode one, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going. They have at least five more episodes. Okay, well then, yeah, there's definitely a Billy Canada trip. There's got to be the Billy Canada trip. Yeah. Okay, is it the case where Michael can't even visit other countries? Like, how strict are their visas? Could he hypothetically also travel with That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, when I was re- wa- watching this whole, like, um, thing that became my thing, I was like, well, the easiest thing, the easiest solution is Michael goes to Canada with you. But I don't know. <laughs> Gosh. 
I can't imagine him in the cold. Like it's oh, clearly winter in that Canada. That would be hilarious. I love that yeah. idea of Michael having to deal with the cold. That sounds. That does sound very funny. Um, yeah, but because you're talking about places where he can't even get a visitor visa, a, a, a 90 day visa, right. or like a 30 day visa. You I'm know, I'm shocked that he doesn't even have a visitor visa for America. Like he's never been to the U.S. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't. I just don't know how hard it is. I know it's not like you know the the U.S. and most of Western Europe. We have it easy. We just show up and be like, uh, from most of the world, we just show up and be like, uh, stamp yeah. it, <laughs> and they're like, okay, here you go, right? Okay. Well, I will say because I think we've talked about this before on this podcast. Like, I've been to Vietnam. That was probably the most complicated. But even then, it wasn't terrible. It was like literally a matter of like a few weeks. I think I had to mm-hmm. wait. So, I mean, I, I just don't understand why, you know, applying I, – I would assume that it's got to be less of a complex process than, you know, actually applying yeah, for like a visa. Yeah, we're not talking about a staying visa. visa like it's a visitor day. visa. Right. Like- right. So, I mean, I didn't have to show my birth certificate or anything like that. I literally just showed up with my passport and then, I mean, I had to fill out an actual application. I had to wait. I uh, had to submit, like, passport photos. I mean, things like that where it's definitely jumping through more hoops than, you know, just showing up, as you said. Uh But, I mean, it wasn't anything that was, like, just super complicated. It was just more of, like, oh, annoying, like, other things that I had to do. It's a little bureaucratic, like, hiccup thing. Yes. But that's – Yes. It's even 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 Vietnam and uh, there may be countries that are more difficult. It's like it's still like we like we broadly trust the U.S. State Department. So if the U.S. State Department mm-hmm. says gives you a passport and says you're good to go, then we trust that you're good to go. Right. And that's mm-hmm. where it comes from in Nigeria. They're like, we don't trust the Nigerian government. So we have to actually do background things and think good things. Possibly. I don't know. I've never had to have a visa from another from a country that's yeah. not on the. Well, I actually had to go to the Vietnamese embassy to give my application. Mm-hmm. Now, it just so happened that I was living in D.C. at the time. So it was like literally a few blocks away from where I right. lived. But I mean, I think if you were to if I was living in California again, then I would have to mail it in and it would take even longer. Oh, sure. Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, it, it does. Because you think I think Canada is generally easier because didn't we have. Yeah. What's her face? Wasn't there somebody who went back to Canada? Yeah, Laura. That's right. Yeah. She went to Canada. Right. All right. All right. So uh, we didn't hear from Bilal and Shida this week. Uh, so out of the group you've seen, who was your student of the week? Um, I go maybe maybe it's out of sympathy more than anything else, but Kimberly, um, <laughs> like you know, her mom passed away. That's sad, but she also yeah. was like heard this you know kind of ridiculous, ridiculous news. Uh, 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 adoption mm. thing it was just like what no who how is this going to work what are you talking about and wasn't <laughs> yeah. just like oh there wouldn't be a second wife because i was a little i think that's what he thought the reaction was going to be it was like oh we can yeah. not have a second wife and you can still come to the u.s perfect you know and she was like right, what? no right. this is awful what a bad idea yeah yeah um i went with libby i mean i think she was trying to I, I what I appreciate about Libby is that she was saying that they were also at fault, mm-hmm. right? She wasn't trying to 
place blame on any singular family member. She said, oh, uh, you know, Andre and I are also not, a, you know, we're also at fault. But I think she's also trying to soften Andre and be like, listen, you know, this isn't going to get better unless you're in on this process. And that means not talking over people. And I think she's really trying to get him to a place where they can be in a productive conversation. I mean, I'm not saying she made any progress, but she's trying. Okay. Well, that gives break to my class dunce is Andre because he is not trying. Uh-huh. He is just like right? <laughs> just dumb. Like it, 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 to the point where he's just like, listen, I'm going to do whatever I want because I don't give a shit if I have a relationship with these people at all. Like, and so I'm yeah. just going to scream at them when I want to scream at them and then we'll go home and we'll have our own family. Right. And like, he also doesn't see that she doesn't want that. She's not on the same page with that. She doesn't want – Yeah. He is almost like, I would rather this whole thing blow up so I never have to deal with these people again. And she is definitely more like, I would rather we all got along, right? But he would never know that yeah. because he never listens to what anybody else is saying when they're talking to him. Right, right. Um, I went with Angela, even though it seems like an obvious choice. It's like, you're going to pick your uh, random friend who, by the way, you've never met like in person. Mm -hmm. That's what confuses me. It's like, um, you know, to me, I always get suspicious of friends you met after you're in a relationship with someone else. Right, right. Right. It's like relationships predating i mean friendships predating your relationship it's like all right you know that's like a different situation there can be loyalty there you're having loyalty to a person you met after your husband that's just weird to me Uh, i mean is it just a gender thing would you be weirded out if it was a a a woman that she met that she was as loyal to like so loyal loyal enough Where you're willing to sacrifice your relationship for that friendship. Yeah, I would say that's kind of a weird situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. Uh, what about All your right, life so lesson? This one goes really to Jovi and says you can't successfully deal with your relationship issues if you can't or won't actually vocalize what the issue is. You know, if he, mm-hmm. I, I need him to say, I'm afraid if, if I go without you, you won't come back. Right. That's right, what the issue right. is, not like, uh, but we leave as a family and we come back as a family. But uh, I safety, you're safer in Louisiana than you are in Germany. Like, right. that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that obviously doesn't make sense on its face. And it's like, well, how can we actually address the real issue if you won't even say what it is? Right. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, my life lesson, kind towards Angela and Michael, um, the ideal place in a relationship is where you don't have to make an ultimatum because your partner sees how upset something makes you feel and behaves accordingly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what makes her so stubborn is like, you can't give me an ultimatum. Yeah. Well, it's like the point where, yeah, the point where it was like, I mean, <sighs> And I know she did it because she was mad at him all the time because all the shit he did to her. Mm-hmm. But like, oh, yeah, it should have been like, hey, I've been doing it. He should have. It should have like almost something you clear with them. Hey, I was going to do. Yeah. I was going to do this. Like, yeah, yeah, like, it, it, yeah it, it's it's crazy. And not even like asking permission. Right. 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 Just this is how I feel. And then the other person should consider yes. that your feelings and behave accordingly. But, I mean, like, the, even how I feel. Right. It's like, obviously. You know, we get together sometimes. And if I was coming out there, I'd tell my partner about it. It wouldn't be like, is it okay if mm-hmm. I go visit Miss H? No, it would, it would be like, hey, I was doing this. <laughs> and if she would have been like, actually, like, I'm real concerned for a reason, we'd talk about it. Right. But it's right, like, right. but yeah, it, 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 it's, 
it, the fact that you did it, the fact that you did it behind his back, like makes it more suspicious. He had no idea you were going to Canada. Right. And I feel like if you had that conversation and your partner still felt that same way, like you wouldn't just be like, well, well screw you, shit. I'm going to yeah. go anyway. <laughs> you would probably say, OK, I acknowledge you feel this way and I'm going to reassure you by not visiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So that's what makes you a better partner than, say, yes. Angela. <laughs> the bar is not set high. <laughs> There's but... a big Hopefully, that's a very long list of things that make me a better partner right. than Angela. Okay. So, uh, apparently, we still have like five-ish episodes That's left. what it sounds like. I'm assuming they won't have episodes on Christmas and New Year's. Uh, so maybe that's a too big of an assumption. So, between five and seven. And that that still leaves two for a tell-all. Like, yeah. it's a oh, lot. Goodness. They are and, – and considering we talked about how many times here they're scraping the bottom of the barrel coming up with ideas, it might be mm-hmm. – a long six weeks or eight, seven weeks. <laughs> Goodness. All right. Well, we will be back. Yeah, we'll be back to talk so about it. Until then. Yep. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.